Chapter 10 There wasn't much else to say or do after that. Izuku ran with Bakugo until they were found by Mount Lady, who picked them up and carefully ran to safety back to the city, putting them in police custody quickly and cleanly. There was a TV in the station that had replays of All Might's fight with All for One, but Izuku didn't look at it. He didn't look at anyone or anything while the police finished running around and finally contacted the school about their whereabouts. He and Bakugo spent the night in the police station before they were woken to give their statements and be released back to the school. Aizawa picking them up to take them home. Even then, All Might's friend Tsukuchi paid them both a visit to get some more in-depth questioning. Izuku silently answered in five or fewer words. To those he would have to lie about, he remained silent. Another police officer helped put in that Izuku might be suffering from PTSD, and thankfully questions Izuku couldn't answer were left unanswered. For what reason did they capture you? Did they hurt you in any way? Do you know any of their plans? Izuku knew for damn certain it was suspicious that he was captured under Shigaraki's supervision and was in communal ward without a scratch on him. But that wasn't addressed, either from unknown circumstances or from an oversight. But either way, Izuku was grateful. He was turned over to his mother, and he allowed her to cry and fuss all she liked, feeling no shame in doing the same but for very different reasons. It was late when he was finally alone in his room at home, staring silently at the wall for the longest time, before his hand reached back into his pocket and quietly took out the folded, now crumpled paper and unfolded it, eyes settling unblinking on the drawings of Shigaraki, father in place and all, with everything Izuku knew about him written around the image. It was unfair, he thought. It was unfair that the spark of contentment he had was snuffed out by being pulled back and forced between two sides of the same stupid coin. Knowing that Shigaraki, Tomura had been happy with what they had, too, despite all the hero-slash-villain sociopolitical bullshit both sides had. Unfair. Then I'll change it. By God, he would. Despite being all cried out, his eyes watered as he pulled the picture to his chest, staying that way for hours until he finally fell asleep. Dobby wisely kept the other's questions at bay as to why Shigaraki was huddled in a corner of the warehouse they had taken refuge in, none too subtly asking them if they all wanted their league careers ended from an early temper tantrum from Shigaraki. They grudgingly went to their own corners of the warehouse to silently lick their wounds and settle in, and Dobby decided to ignore his own advice and carefully edge around Shigaraki's corner to look at the man. Shigaraki had all of his hands held tightly in his arms, Staring away into nothing with an expression on his face, Dobby could only describe as heartbroken. He sighed softly, sitting a respectable distance on an empty crate, simply waiting it out. After what seemed like hours, Shigaraki's eyes thawed, his arms tightening around the hand slightly. I hate this, he said, his voice sounding drained and dead. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Dobby glanced around to make sure the others weren't within hearing distance. Is this about your master or the kid, he asked, because either way, it happened. Can't go back. He tapped the crate, so you can either stagnate here, or you can put on your big boy pants and give us a goddamn plan to work with, because like it or not ugly, the others are still here. For you. Because for some ungodly reason, they want to be here. Because they like you, or some shit. He leaned forward, staring at Shigaraki fearlessly, 
So what's it gonna be, you hopeless, idiotic hero fucker? Shigaraki glowered on reflex, but it seemed to snap him out of his admitted stagnation, his body untensing as he uncurled from himself with a hefty sigh. To stagnate is not an option, he said. I've had the groundwork laid out before me. I have my resources since they left me. Contacts to work with. He paused. And I have you all. That alone puts me at an advantage others do not have. Dabby rolled his eyes. Gonna suggest we join hands and sing Kumbaya next? He quipped. Not bothered and slightly pleased by the sour look Shigaraki gave him. Yes, by all means, take my hand. I wish to hold yours in a symbol of peace and brotherhood. Shigaraki intoned before sighing and sitting up. We will recuperate for a time being, and then go from there. Got it, Dabi said, standing from the crate and going to update the others. Shigaraki waited until he was gone before uncurling his arms, carefully placing his family's hands back into their designated spots until he only had one piece left. He looked at it for the longest time, tracing his fingers over the now crumpled cover and pages, reading through the snippets and passages before he closed it and hugged it to his chest. His own phone was lost along with his home, and he knew Izuku's phone was lost too. The police would no doubt screen any mail or landlines or even messenger apps the boy would have. He was so far away now from Musatafu, from Izuku, with no way to properly contact him. All he had with him was this notebook, and the image of Izuku turning back to him, not wanting either of them to go. He'd fix this, he told himself, tightening his hold on the notebook. He'd fix this disgusting world and bring Izuku out of it for the better. For the both of them. If you enjoyed this podfic, please leave comments and kudos to both myself and the original author. Thank you for listening.